This book is as much about the romance of biography as it is about the American lives under review. In its most basic form, biography is about telling the stories of individual lives. Like a novel, a biography can command attention by sheer narrative force and arresting details. It is delightful to learn that John Adams had the eye and ear of a novelist and that he wrote about whatever caught his fancy, whether it was a tale told by a slave or an anecdote vouchsafed by a neighbor. How American to revel in human nature on every level. American biography makes for strange conjunctions. John James Audubon and Alexander Hamilton, both Caribbean-born and on the make in a new nation. These parallel lives present themselves haphazardly to a reviewer of biographies whose column in the New York Sun has appeared every Wednesday since the spring of 2003. This volume, mainly a collection of those columns, with a few pieces from the new Criterion and McGill's Literary Annual as well, is therefore not encyclopedic, but serendipitous. Because my beat is biography, each week becomes a kind of seminar on the subject. I write with the history of the genre in mind. If my subject is Marilyn Monroe, I am perforce obliged to observe that serious biographies of American movie stars do not date much earlier than my own maiden effort, Marilyn Monroe, A Life of the Actress, 1986. What has been deemed important in American history, in other words, has undergone a sea change in the last two decades. What seemed separate endeavors and subcultures, acting and politics, Hollywood and Washington, D.C., for example, have converged in figures such as Marilyn Monroe and Ronald Reagan. Biography is perhaps the only way to do justice to lives flung from one American coast to another, to capture the velocity of psyches changing roles in a dynamic culture. What makes an Elizabeth Bentley, the red spy queen, turn government informant, while Ethel Rosenberg, looking a good deal like Bentley, perishes in the electric chair, refusing to say a word about her involvement in espionage? Their affinity is such that Bentley's biographer remarks, they could have been sisters. The idea of parallel lives is as old as Plutarch, and biographers continue to mine comparative biography in books about female pairs, such as Elizabeth Bishop and Lota de Macedo Suarez and Margaret Mead and Ruth Benedict. These tales of twosomes have an American edge in that the women, unlike Plutarch's male subjects, have to invent themselves in quite novel ways, struggling with their own creative impulses and against social prescriptions for proper sexual expression. The darker side of this duality, the lesbian outsider who courts mainstream acclaim, is explored in Andrew Wilson's fine biography of Patricia Highsmith and in Alexis DeVoe's biography of Audre Lorde. Certain themes resonate throughout these reviews of disparate biographies, the American left's failure to come to terms with communist subversion, McCarthyism, and Stalinism, the problematic nature of authorized biography, the history of American biography, definitive biographies, what constitutes the proper form for a literary biography, the differences between autobiography and biography, the importance of interviews in biographies of contemporary figures, the differences between history and biography, comparative biographies, the virtues of short biographies and of biographies for children, the tendency of biographers to fictionalize and of novelists to biographize, psychology and biography, my own experience as a biographer, and the way biographers treat one another's work. 
This last concern with how one biography stands in relation to another pervades this volume, for I am especially distressed at the way biographers often ignore each other. Too often they make extravagant claims of originality, ignoring the work of their predecessors or devaluing it, as in the case of Hellman biographer Deborah Martinson. To engage in this kind of blinker biography is a disservice to the genre itself. It prevents readers from seeing biography as a cumulative and incremental enterprise. Biographers, like historians, build on evidence, primary and secondary, and yet many biographers cite only primary sources, assigning other biographers to the bibliographical ghetto. In effect, the biographer is suggesting that there is some kind of pristine relationship between herself and her sources and that the interpretations of other biographers do not count. In fact, just the opposite is true.